This Sunday, this 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, marks a very specific reality in the life of the Church's calendar year. We're on the cusp of a new liturgical year, and our Church puts us in a situation in our readings where we are forced to contemplate the last things. There is a certain rhythm to the liturgical year, and it seems to mimic the rhythm of life. We begin with Advent, where we anticipate the coming of Christ's nativity. We are asked to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Messiah at Christmas, through mortifications similar to those we do at Lent. God has heard his people's plea, and he has come to save us. Connecting Advent to life, the season of Advent is similar to the gestational period for a human, in which the parents of a new child are joyfully preparing their home for the coming of this new life in their family. So we too are asked to prepare the home of our soul for the coming of Christ. Then we have the birth of Christ and his subsequent life throughout ordinary time in Lent. We see the ordinary moments of his life and we're taught his wisdom. This is similar to our own lives. We grow up, we have trials, and we suffer our own crosses. We learn and we grow from those moments. The Easter season reminds us that we have been vindicated and we can trust in Christ's word and have a purpose for why we're here, to go out and to announce the good news, this gospel of Christ's resurrection, that he has come to set us free. And then, at the end of the liturgical year, we come to the month of November, in which the Church commemorates the dead. The readings during this calendar month at the end of this liturgical year begin to point us towards our own death, and they remind us of the need to constantly work on preparing ourselves to meet our Savior face to face. The readings then turn towards a reminder that there will be a resurrection. We can hope in that. Christ will come again. He will do it because he promised it. That is precisely the point at which we are today. Today, our readings are talking about the end of the world, and next week, Christ the King Sunday, will remind us that when it's all said and done, Christ will reign victorious forever. Then the cycle begins all over again with Advent, where we're waiting for Christ again at Christmas but also in light of the Christ the King Solemnity, which we just celebrated the week beforehand, we're now waiting in hopeful anticipation of the coming of Christ, his second coming. There's this beautiful rhythm to the life of the church. It follows us throughout our life, giving us constant reminders of ways to live and shows us events to keep in mind, which connect our earthly life with that of Jesus's. It helps prepare us for what's to come, gives us comfort in the daily situations which we experience, and reminds us that the Church is constantly here to accompany us in whatever stage of life we may find ourselves, whether it be at the beginning of our lives or at the end. The Church is always there to be with us. Now, as I mentioned, the readings today are all focused on the end of the world. This is something which we long for with hopeful anticipation each Sunday when we recite the Creed. We always say at the end, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The church in her wisdom doesn't say, I fear the resurrection of the dead, and I fear the life of the world to come, but rather says, I look forward to. We yearn for this like a child yearns for Christmas, or perhaps their birthday. 
They know that something good is coming, and there's this joyful anticipation and longing for that event, of constantly looking forward to that joy that's going to come. So too is it with the end of the world, ironically enough. There's something good that's coming. Christ is coming back to set us definitively free from the chains of sin that still bind us. He's coming to, once and for all, banish Satan to the pits of hell and bring all of the bodies and souls of his faithful ones into the inexpressible joys of heaven. He's coming to renew the face of the earth, establish his kingdom on earth definitively and for the rest of time. There will be no more pain, no more weeping, no more suffering, because Christ will be all in all. The man who suffered and died for each and every single one of us on the horror of the cross, who rose from the dead, has not forgotten about us, but will come back to rescue us. This isn't an event to be feared, but rather it's a beautiful one which demonstrates further how much God really does care about us. Not only did he suffer and die for us, but he won't be satisfied until the end of time when he comes back for us to bring us to the place that he went ahead to prepare for us individually as we hear throughout the Gospels. Now lots of people wonder when this is all going to take place, and it's a natural human curiosity. But like we heard today in our Gospels, only the Father knows, not even the Son, not even the angels, but only the Father knows so we shouldn't fixate on what's unknown to us. What we're, asked, what we're asked to do simply is prepare ourselves spiritually, to go to confession frequently so that we can strive to keep our soul as pure as it was at our baptism. We should go to Mass as often as possible to be nourished by the words of everlasting life and sustained through the difficulties which arise throughout our day from the bread of everlasting life, Christ himself. Through frequent confession and the nourishment of the Eucharist, we enable ourselves to be filled with the love of God. This way, if he chooses to come back during our lifetime, we can be filled with joy and run out to greet him like a child rushes out to greet their father after he's been gone a while, with maybe work or military or whatever the case may be. And if you think about that moment when a child rushes out to greet their father after not seeing him for so long, how emotional that is. How emotional will that moment be for the soul who is constantly preparing for and anticipating the coming home of Christ, when at last that moment comes where Christ comes back to set that soul free? So today, let us ask God for the grace to have a deep yearning to see him face to face, so that strengthened by the desire to be with him in eternity, We may take seriously the call we hear in today's readings to be vigilant at all times and pray that you may have the strength to stand before the Son of Man. May the final two weeks of ordinary time be a source of much joy for each of you as we together contemplate the return of our Savior. Amen.